Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Side Action, episode two of season six. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Dalton Cooper. Uh, second episode, hopefully, to do a better performance than the first one. Um, you can always follow me at Twitter, Instagram, at Dalton Cooper, at Mr. Grumpy Gills on Twitter. Um, and man, Weggs, I gotta, I gotta be honest. Uh, I thought I was excited for the first one. I'm even more excited for the second episode. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> me too. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So first and first things first, um, you know, we both were at AVP on this weekend. You were here there Saturday. I was Friday and Saturday. How did you enjoy the experience? That was your first time, right? Oh yeah, it was my uh, AVP virginity, if you will. That's right. Uh, but no, it was it was awesome. I, it was a great scene. I mean, it was there's probably at least the outside courts, and then we made it inside the uh, the stadium courts. This right. is how much fun it was watching those elimination matches. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, it was a good experience. It was really hot. Oh my god! So, I mean, uh, that was probably the only downside. But it's uh, there. I mean, you have to go see it in person. Like it doesn't do justice just to watch them on YouTube or, um, you know, just getting the full understanding. It's almost like golf. You know, you right. got to go watch it in person to get that, that gratification or understanding of the game. So, but it's also fun because we had a little simultaneous Colorado going on too. So. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You had the you had your your phone tracking your your big win, but yeah, it's they're very large humans that are very athletic and they can yes. do things that we can't do. We can only hope to do it, but they're super approachable. You can go up and take pictures. Now I, I didn't say hi to Brandy like I should have, but I've watched her play up close and. All the other guys, uh, Evan Corey was like icing his knee after Friday. I'm like, that's the dude. He's right here. And then um, moving on to Labor Day, we had our own tournaments, but there was also the the pros. I know Evan Corey was at Foster, but there were some pros up at Hollywood where you guys were at, you know, Zanamuno. <laughs> and um, uh, and obviously Theo Brunner, who, who also won. He won at Chicago this, this year. So how was your experience? Because you ended up playing Pirate Flag. You told me you weren't going to play, and then you were in, in, in the tournament. Man, I know I got suckered in, so I thought I was gonna be cooking. Uh, and real quick on AVP, last thing too, shout yeah. out to Dan because uh, you know Dan Galt does all that great content for Chicago volleyball as well. Yeah, it's a ball. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I know he he captured quite a bit, and just as, as approachable as they have been with him, you know, it just shows goes to show, you know, to your point, how approachable they really are just as human beings. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting suckered in because I was gonna be helping, you know, with the grill and whatnot. Um, and then I guess our our grill master Caesar decided to. Uh, the old switch through on me uh, but I ended up playing it was a good time um, luckily I got to play with some with some good folks I uh, got injured in the process so oh. I got this nice big big and black bruise on my arm oh yeah you um, told me about so that your your teammate gonna, ran uh, into yeah. you <laughs> so it wasn't on you know it wasn't on purpose or anything but we're definitely uh, you know we're coming around you know chicks take the bruises we'll be fine sure they do sure they do <laughs> yeah and I played in the uh, the doubles tournament at Foster not a great day for us but good competition it was a fun day and then Is that I, a blind I, draw? it was not a blind draw I went in with a partner uh, which you teaches you pick a better partner no no Allie's great <laughs> she's the best she's super sweet and fun we didn't mention it was like 95 degrees and 90% humidity so it was a little oppressive for us playing and when you play eight games and whatever it is four hours three hours it was uh, a little tough uh, my biggest claim to fame was I blocked Ben Dickey I'm sure he's not listening but wow. I got a monster block on him other than that we didn't win we didn't win a game so it was a tough day but um, always a good time and you know closed out a massive weekend it was it was a lot of fun um, I do I did put on there on the notes that the Holiday Club, we did make it to the Holiday Club. Uh, you made it for a minute, right? Or did you not make it? Uh, no, but I did read the article, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so Holiday Club is, is one of our esteemed places that we go for some late night fun, a little dancing to, you know, dance your face off kind of situation. We'll see. They're kind of in jeopardy of losing their spot. There's a new building that's going to be maybe built on their spot. And, you know, with the zoning, they may lose their business. So... Little shout out to Holiday Club, you know, hashtag Holiday Club. So let's try to save that place. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to take your hits. You know, I always, I dog you for talking college football, not because we don't want to talk about it. Just it's a longer podcast then. But you had some big hits this weekend. You want to go over them? Uh, 
well, honestly, just uh, the quick ones were just Colorado was obviously the big the big hit on Saturday. Um, ironically enough, I wasn't the only person watching my phone, which I thought was really funny at that point at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so which is really cool. Uh, obviously, Florida State, um, you know, they uh, embarrassed LSU, uh, according to according to Brian Kelly. So. Um, and then Duke, obviously, they kept off Monday night. Um, you know, that was a big sh- – I don't, I don't want to say a big shocker because they did take a couple of the guys on game day took them uh, – Duke, that is, as their super dog pick. So um, there was some talk around Duke and how they could upset Clemson, but uh, obviously it had to be done first. So it was just the social media. I don't know how much of the craze you saw, but uh, the quarterback for Duke was asking for an extension on his homework. And the oh boy. Uh, professor let him know really quickly that the other offensive linemen in the class had already gotten their homework <laughs> and it done. So – but that was pretty funny. Well, good for them. But yeah, that was kind of the, the big stuff in college football. So but you had the parlay. Bit, so. You had the parlay, the Colorado parlay with uh, Indiana, if I remember. Yeah, like I said, we did we did go two and zero in our in our bets, um, mm-hmm. and we did have Duke. We had Duke money line, so I oh, okay. that late Monday night. So two and zero so far. I've been contemplating retirement just to uh, just say to go out on top, but uh, sure. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah, you gotta take the beginner's luck and then roll with it. Um, so, well, transitioning into this week, we're going to talk about football. As you can see, I've got the hat. I've entered two contests today. This is a survivor hat. looks a lot like an Eagles hat, maybe a little bit like a Finns hat, actually. Uh, and I'm wearing a, you know, the Rocky shirt, which is shout-out to my daughter from getting that from Philly. But I'm not a Philly guy. But uh, And then my, my sister, who's our proxy this year, she's got the hat for the, the Millionaire Picker contest, the Pick'em contest. So... Pretty exciting here. Went to Circa. It's it's a mecca. We also, I met Paulie Howard today. You probably don't listen to Vsin, but I do a lot, which is the Vegas Sports and Information Network. You can hear that on iHeartRadio. But I got to, we were waiting to sign up and saw Paulie. I, he's like the you know, follow the money morning guy uh, with Mitch Moss. I listen to him all the time. I was listening to him this morning, and and dude's right there. I'm like Paulie Howard. I'm like yes. He's like we met. I'm like no, but I know who you are. So. He gave me a few minutes of his time, which was awesome, uh, That's too. Awesome. But anyway, let's jump into this, and we'll, what we'll do from kind of here on out in the NFL season, we'll kind of dig into kind of the storylines that are per- pervasive in the, in the whole league, including injuries, and obviously you've got some contracts information, and then we'll go game by game like we've done in the past, and kind of dig into each you know side and some totals what we like what we don't like it sounds like mr grumpy gills here is also in a contest too which he can tell us about at the end and we'll talk about our picks and then um you know go from there how does that sound yeah i'm all i'm all ready <laughs> so you've already uh mentioned uh, jonathan taylor we you know i put him on there he, he's gonna enter on the pup which you know what does that mean it, it's he's gonna be out for a while basically that's what it means so it, you know he didn't Want, he wanted his contract and all that stuff, but in the end, he's going to not even play. So, so he's being out for Indy. I'm not sure that's a huge move to the number, uh, even though he's a running back, great running back. Um, but also Chris Jones, you know, he's been holding out for real. He's playing tonight as we record this on Thursday the seventh. He's probably not going to play. He'll say he's going to he's going to wait till game eight. But I don't believe that for a second. But um, what do you think more about the Taylor thing, but or less about the Taylor thing? What about the Jones? What do you think that affects tonight's game? Um, as far as tonight, I mean, it makes a huge difference. Uh, just when you look at the splits of when he does and does not play. I mean, he behind Aaron Donald, he might be the second best or even the best interior defensive lineman in all of football. Sure. Um, so just to be losing him, he's also he's most probably the, one of the most experienced people on that defense. I mean, like I said, I think in the first podcast they had the third most amount of snaps last year taken by rookies. Yep. So that whole defense, obviously, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, year two, they should be a little better in those areas, but still to be able to not generate a pass rush against Goff, uh, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, he when they give him a clean pocket, you know, it, it really it doesn't go well for the opposition. So yeah. Yeah, it, I think it's a big deal, uh, even moving forward, even if it's not just the Lions. You know, they play in a really tough division that they're going to have to get – if they don't pressure Herbert or Russell Wilson or even Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they're going to have trouble. That's true. That's true. And then we did get news yesterday that Nick Bosa did sign this mega contract, uh, $170 million. And that's not all guaranteed, Dalton. So, don't – I mean, you know, that's, that's no, nothing. That's chunky. I think was the guaranteed number. Yeah, I'd probably take – you know, I'd take a, just a million right now on this podcast if you want to guarantee me some money. 
Um, but five years, 170. So he will, I don't know if he's actually going to play. I guess he'd probably suit up, but he hasn't been, he's been, he hasn't been at training camp. So I'm sure he's working out at home, but it's different to be in football shape. And we'll talk about how that affects the number later. But we, if he was going to miss, it was going to be a bigger, bigger story for sure. That's that Bosa blood. I think he'll be okay. Exactly. And then um, I kind of noted before we go into injuries, uh, the Arizona starter. Uh, now we do have a starter. You're, you're Josh Dobbs. Uh, he's bounced around the league a little bit. Former Steeler, former Titan. He's going to get the start uh, against Washington. You know, obviously he has started before, but he's not like he's, you know, Fitzmagic or something like that. What do you think about that start? I think he started last year for Tennessee in like mm-hmm. week 16 or 17, if I recall correctly. That's right. Um, and lost. But I mean, it could be the year of the orange. I mean, he is a Tennessee grad. That's true. Have, uh, you know, it could be. Um, I, if anything, I, they just have to make they have to put lipstick on a pig. Like everybody knows that this is, uh, you know, just a throwaway year for everything, and they're mm-hmm. gonna try to probably rebuild the organization. At least it makes sense, right? There's no other place to go. So when you have a star disgruntled quarterback that's not even healthy enough to play, unfortunately, there's not a lot of places you can go. So Well, they did name um, Kyler Murray the captain of the team. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, and I don't know. Nobody took the bus, though. That was the only problem. So yeah. Yeah. You know, it just depends on who you ask. Right. Uh, let's talk about some of the injuries that do affect us here. Cooper Cup with his hamstring. He's not just out week one. They're talking about right now he could get go to injured reserve. So, you know, if you took him in fantasy, I'm sorry, everybody, because he was, you know, probably a top 12, 10, 10, 12 pick. He could be out for a long time. You're citing possible nerve damage there. He's seeing a secondary uh, or getting a second opinion outside of the team, which is never a good sign. So, you know, tough for Cooper Cup, obviously beloved uh, player and, and let him do a Super Bowl a couple years ago. But he's critical to that offense. Oh, he's, he, he is the offense. I mean, and how bad their offensive line play is going to be, it's just going to be, I don't even know who you even take at this point, whether it's fantasy relevance or DFS or just even as a Rams fan to have any kind of hope. I mean, Van Jefferson, maybe. That's like the only guy that you could maybe think about. But yeah, I think you mentioned well, him last but, week. I don't believe in Van Jefferson, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but no, it's, uh, I mean, for them to win games if Cooper Cup's not there, it's going to be Sean McVay and whatever he can come up with and what he can scheme to to, to put it together. Because their defense isn't going to be very good. It's just going to be Aaron yeah, Donald and a bunch of guys. That, that's what um, I heard. I noted, I think, earlier, uh, or I guess in my notes, uh, that they all 12 players they drafted this year all made the team. They didn't cut anybody they drafted, <laughs> which is completely unheard of in the NFL. Either they had the perfect draft and everybody fits in perfectly, or they have to have bodies because they can't afford anybody else. So. Well, exactly. They're the cheapest players on the, on the team. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so. Let's talk about somebody who's big on the offense is tonight's handicap, Travis Kelsey. You know, he hyperextends his knee, you know, just a couple of days ago in practice. He did not tear his ACL. That's great, but it's gonna he's going to be out this game, and he's got 10 days till the next game. But he's critical to their offense. So, I mean, what do you think? How that? How does that affect tonight's game? Uh, it's an, honestly, I think it affects it more from a Detroit Lions side, just because mm-hmm. I feel like they've prepped for, for Travis Kelsey for six months, and all of a sudden this guy's not there. So, sure. I mean, if anything, it's probably going to help them play a little bit more man-to-man defense. So we're definitely going to see how much continuity KC has in their wide receivers room from year one to year two. Um, you know, everybody wants to see – uh, Sky Moore take off. That's like the big name that we keep hearing, but so yeah. we'll see with that. Um, Don't stop trying to make Kadarius Tony happen, by the way. <laughs> but the and even just from a formational standpoint, mm-hmm. they like to uh, you know 12. not having that second tight end. They might you know they'll probably go to more of a one tight end set. I imagine yeah. you know for 11. this game more of a three by one as opposed to you know that twenty one personnel or even that or excuse me the twelve personnel. Yeah, so, yeah, it's eleven um, personnel for them without Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more so, in the total. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think it's more in the total because they probably won't score. He also, you know, was Mister First Touchdown Prop, so. You gotta you gotta go down the Rolodex and find somebody new. Let's talk about two more storylines before we get into the games. Um, I was just talking about there's a ton of people starting first for rookies that are starting and they never do well in their first start. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, you got Jordan Love. Obviously, he's not a rookie, but it's his. You know, he he might have started one game before in Kansas City, I think last year, but it's effectively his first start. You've got C.J. Stroud, who is a rookie. In Houston, he's starting on the road. Both those teams, actually Jordan Love on the road at the Bears. C.J. Stroud on the road as well. 
Um, you've got Bryce Young on the road, <laughs> Atlanta. Now, Anthony Richardson at Indianapolis is starting at home, so maybe he has a mild leg up, um, but he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor anymore. So that is, I mean, that's, to me, I start frothing at the mouth when I see these things, but maybe that's already baked into the number. I, yeah, I would definitely assume so. And, I mean, only one of those rookies, I would say, has an offensive line that is worth talking about, and that's Green Bay. I mean, yeah. the rest of them are average at best. So they're not really set up for success, in my opinion, either. So. Yeah, I mean, God bless uh, C.J. Stroud going to Baltimore, right? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there's also a lot of new faces. We already mentioned Josh Dobbs for Arizona, but obviously Rodgers gets his first official start on Monday Night Football against uh, the Bills at home. That'll be obviously a, you know we'll all be watching that game. I'll be actually at a village board meeting at that moment. Thanks, thanks, uh, Village Roselle. And then we've got Derek Carr for New Orleans starting at home. Uh, you got Baker Mayfield, your guy. I know you you love Baker. He's going to be <laughs> on the road at Minnesota, and then Jimmy Garoppolo on the road at Denver. So are any of those guys besides Rogers? I think he's going to be fine. You like Carr, I'm, I'm assuming, because you like New Orleans so much. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer in New Orleans. Um, uh, and I mean, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. It just depends. Their big thing is going to be how like they're going to outscore everybody they play. And again, they play in arguably the toughest division in football. Right. Uh, if everybody stays healthy, they could actually. I mean, I can see them competing. Jimmy should be pretty familiar with Josh McDaniels' system. They right. have Devontae Adams. They have Hunter Renfro. They have. Uh, you know they're gonna miss Darren Waller in my opinion. That's gonna that's gonna be a huge loss from a formation standpoint. For sure. But, uh, yeah, and I, I I don't I don't know if I love Baker Mayfield, but I definitely think Tampa Bay if they stay healthy from on the defensive side of the ball, which I think we'll get more into here in a second. But I think they could really they could surprise some people. I think. Yeah. All I will say is of these guys we've mentioned, I would say Dobbs, Mayfield, and Garoppolo. Them starting the whole season is pretty the probability is pretty low. I think those teams will, I mean, Dobbs for sure, but I mean, I think those teams won't be in the running and they're going to be going to young guys at some point. Well, let's get into the lines here, buddy. This is what we're here for. Everybody wants to hear, who do I, who should I pick? It's week one. I just want to put the preface out there. It's really hard to pick games in week one. It's more of a gut feel than numbers. I've heard a lot of different podcasts and whatever, but in the end, we have no data to really balance it off of besides last year, which, you know, NFL rosters change all the, all the time. You probably won't listen to this in time for tonight's game, but with the the move from Kelsey dropping out, the line's gone from six down to four and a half with the Chiefs being favored at home. The total's gone down to 52 and a half. That's been up as high as, I think, 55 when it first opened. So it's come way down. Uh, do you like a particular side or total in this game? Uh, well, I did bet the Lions plus six. So okay, I got them good at, number. I got them at plus six, which I think is going to be a really good number. Um I would take the under, uh, mm-hmm. and the reason why is I think ball control. I think Troy could – I think they could win the time of possession by 10 minutes or so. I think okay. both teams are going to score quite a bit, but I think I think the biggest differential between these two teams is going to be in time of possession versus the score. So uh, I can see a 27-24 game. You know, even if Kansas City comes out, that's okay. you know, whatever the case may be, that's still going to be a win in my book. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I still think if you can get Detroit at, at – more than five or six points, you should definitely take Detroit. Like if you got them early enough, I think you're. I mean, obviously you're in a really good position. Yeah, so. hopefully you got it early. I, I'm going Kansas City with the four and a half. Uh, I, I agree with you on the six. That's a good number. Andy Reid is a machine on an opening day. He hasn't lost an opening day game since 2014, uh, and he usually covers pretty easily uh, because he has so much time to prep. Now, here's the debate: Was it Eric Bieniemy? Was it sleeping with Bieniemy who was making all those decisions? I don't think so. So. I'm going to take them at four and a half. Actually, after we do the podcast, got to run down, put some cash in the in the in the app, and and make my bet. But a couple other things I like tonight. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the under is pretty good. Uh, I kind of like the Montgomery props today. I know you know obviously Gibbs is my guy. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is awesome, and I love him. But I think that either first touchdown score or any touchdown score, I think he's going to get a score tonight. Uh, meaning David Montgomery. Uh, because I think what's going to happen is they're going to use Gibbs in more of a gadget role to start, and he'll start running more later in the season. Uh, that, that's my, my take, anyway. I think uh, I was looking at like making DFS earlier. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are sleeping on Jared McKinnon. Uh, sure. I was kind of looking at his props. If you're looking at his props, 
um, in Vegas, they actually um, have him at um, a pretty low pass yard total, and um, I think it was like 25 and a half, which I think is that could happen in one catch, one little halfback screen, and he could be gone. Um, and I think if they, you know, if Detroit gets pressured, you know, Kansas City's got two new tackles they're playing. If they can get a little bit of pressure, I think it might help take the run game away. Um, or if, you know, Detroit gets up, you know, maybe gets the ball the first score and, or first time and goes down and scores and gets, you know, that early game script to where, uh, you know, Kansas City's going to abandon the run game. I think that could really play into Jared McKinnon's hands for sure, um, exactly. whether it's yards or, or receiving yards or uh, even a touchdown. I think you could probably give him a really good plus money for – for a touchdown that way. Um, the other thing you mentioned with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in opening day, the lowest amount of points uh, Patrick Mahomes has scored on opening night is 33. So right. <laughs> you, the the over under is uh you know you're looking for 20 points at that point from Detroit. So maybe contrary to our belief, we should take the over. Yeah, but I mean he's had he's only had Kelsey out of the lineup twice in his you know in, in his career. So you know we'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens. Um, Let's move on to the the Sunday slate, uh, the early games first. Let's first tackle Atlanta, who's at home against Carolina. Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's been pretty consistent in the market. 39-and-a-half-point total right now is what I'm seeing. Uh, I do like Atlanta, full disclosure. I like them on the season, as we talked about. This The hook is bad. You know, we, We'll talk about this over the course of the season. Usually you're going to lose on a hook a lot of times. Uh, but in this particular case, I think I still would lay this three-and-a-half because of Bryce Young's being his first start, and I'm not sure how good that offense is going to be. Total being pretty low there, I don't. I think probably stay away from it, but I do like three and a half, even though there is value with such a low total. We'll talk about this over the season. Three and a half points on a 39 half point total is a lot of value. That's like you know five or six points on a 50 point total. So, um, what's your take on this game? Uh, man, if you watch Carolina at all during the preseason, their defensive line looks so small and yeah. just out of place. Uh, I know it's the preseason at all, but from a schematic standpoint, Atlanta's going to run the football. And if, if Carolina can't, you know, it's I, I can see it, the game being really quick. <laughs> like this could be a three-hour football game or this sure. could be the game on red zone that, you know, you might see two or three highlights of. Um, so I, I would – I very easily. I think I found it at four. I think Atlanta okay. minus four. And I was I was willing to give the four. So I think this is going to sure. be a, a seven to ten point game. Um, just if Atlanta gets up by a score or two, I think they're just going to melt the clock and get on out of there. So um, obviously Desmond Ritter's brand, you know, still kind of newer. We still need to see what he's going to do. But if anything, they're going to protect him. They've got um, they had the most dead money on defense last year, like eighty six million in dead money. Um, so they got Jesse Bates in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, they got AJ Terrell. He's back. He's a really good cover corner. People forget about him. Um, so I think that their their defense is going to be better. They have Ryan Nielsen as their defensive coordinator. I think he's going to blitz a lot more. Um, and obviously Bryce Young. Welcome to the NFL. It's a little bit faster. I think yeah. it's going to it's going to take him a minute to adjust. I think I Atlanta's going to get on him early, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, the number one pick in the start in their first start is like abysmal. They're like one thirteen and zero, or one thirteen one thirteen and one. The last person to win was like the number one pick in their first start was, wait for it, not Derek, but David Carr for the Houston Texans. So, I don't know. I mean, I think Bryce Young's a really good player, but not yet, not yet. Um, not yet. This is kind of a sneaky survivor play in Atlanta. I'm not saying to take it. It's a lower total game. It's a divisional game, but they are at home. Uh, there's going to be a couple Albatross teams or Titanic picks this week, which I'm going to maybe stay away from. So Atlanta is one of those picks that when I talk to Action about that tomorrow and we do our survivor pick for the contest, we'll see. We'll consider this this game for sure. Um, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> those division games are always tough. I know. I know. So the next game is Houston uh, at Baltimore. We already mentioned C.J. Stroud getting his start. Uh, Baltimore is a 9.5-point favorite now, 43.5-point total. Again, a kind of a low total for this big spread. But this actually got up to 10. Uh, and it's actually 10 in the circuit contest, the one where we make the picks. I still like Baltimore in this spot. I know that most people would say those big numbers are hard to stay away from. Traditionally, what I will say as we go through the season and I track this, the, 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 the spread doesn't matter as much as you think, basically. It's about two to two games a week, maybe three games a week that matter. So don't be too afraid to take a big spread, especially when you've got a, a team like Houston out there. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe Todd Munkin's offense won't be catching fire, but I think do think Houston's going to struggle offensively against Baltimore, and especially with C.J. Stroud. So I would lay the wood here, and um, this is another survivor pick that's going to be very popular. Oh, yeah. It's going to be – I mean, talk about hammering something. That's definitely going to be hammered in survivor. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's this one's tough. I love the 9.5, but if you get it at 10, I don't like it. I could very easily see Houston scoring late and, and backdoor covering sure. or even just backdoor pushing that way. So that would be my biggest fear with taking that number. Uh, I definitely would take the over, and I think the biggest reason why I think there's just so much hype around this Baltimore offense that I think they're gonna they're gonna let it rip. They sure. Need to, they're gonna do I think what the Houston what they did to Miami a couple of years ago when Brian Flores first took over. Yes. Uh, and they need to you know I think they're gonna they're gonna they have something to prove. Lamar's got a big chip on his shoulder. Um, from an organizational standpoint, they if anything they feel like they've probably been talked down about talked down quite a bit just because sure. the Steelers and Bengals and everything else. So. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I hammer Baltimore, but I, at nine and a half, yes, at ten, I, I would okay. say. Okay, you'd stay away at ten. That's okay. And that's where you know, actually, I'll talk about the contest pick at ten. It is, it is the even ten. I think what t- what you'll find when you start doing these static line games like Circa does, because they put out the picks on or put out the spreads on Thursday, they try to anticipate the market, and so they're probably thinking that they're going to get bet up, you know, as 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 we get closer to Sunday, because. You know, Baltimore's a fairly public team, more than Houston for sure. Um, next game is uh, Minnesota at home against Tampa Bay. Uh, this opened a little bit higher, but now it's at 5.5, favored for Minnesota at home. 45.5 is the total. Uh, this is your guy, Baker Mayfield, on the, on the road here. Um, I like Minnesota. I know I'm sounding like I'm, I'm just taking all the favorites right now, but I think Minnesota, as bad as they – Season outlook, I don't like this team. I don't think they're that good. I think they got lucky a lot, but I don't think this Tampa team's very good. I know you like their D. I'm not sure what the basis is for for you, but I just feel like with Baker there, he's okay. He'll make some plays, but Minnesota's healthy right now, and they're gonna they're gonna score some points. But five and a half is not a great number, but it's better than you know it was originally six or six and a half. And this is actually a pretty sneaky, in my opinion, a very sneaky. Survivor pool. Yes. Because if you look at yeah. Minnesota, there's not a very good spot for them the rest of the season that Correct. you feel comfortable. Uh, though I do, I keep I everything I look at, this tells me to pick Minnesota. But I like Tampa Bay. <laughs> I like the defense. It's not yep. going to be any healthier than what they are right now. Yep. They still have Vita Vea. They still have a really good linebacking core. Uh, you know, they still have a good secondary. And I mean, Tom Brady last year, he played well, but they couldn't run the football last year. Nope. That was his team's biggest issue. Yes. Um, and I think that won't be as big of an issue. I know they brought in a new um, offensive coordinator and a new run game coordinator, and I can't remember their names at the moment, but, you know, some helpful insight. Um, but no, I think there's going to be, you know, from a blitzing standpoint, I think they're going to bring more pressure. Um, Brian Flores is going to be the interesting part of this game for me because yep. Minnesota's defense last year was horrid. Abysmal. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't stop a nosebleed. That's right. Um, and I think almost for week one must-win games, I almost think this – I don't want to say this feels like a must-win for Minnesota, but mm. the last thing that we remember from Minnesota was them getting embarrassed by Daniel Jones, who yeah. you are, you're, you're, you're a nice, proud Daniel Jones hater, which <laughs> we'll get into more as the season goes on here. But um, – I think it feels it almost feels like a must win game. I think Jordan Addison is your is your prop monster here though. I think he for historically rookie rookie wide receivers do get out of the gate a little slow, but I think uh, with Justin Jefferson obviously and TJ Hawkinson, the two main points, yep. I think you gotta hammer Addison because I don't think they're gonna run the football. This is gonna be probably a defensive battle and you know, maybe one or two big pass plays is gonna be the difference in the game. Yeah. I will say that, you know, in talking to Action initially, he definitely likes the Tampa on this one plus the five and a half, so we're going to fight. But yeah. I, I'm with you on the survivor pick. This would be my kind of like if I don't go with Baltimore and go with the Chalk, then I go yeah. with Minnesota uh, in my pick uh, for if the you're survivor. trying to get away from the pool. Because if, yes. if Baltimore loses, that would knock out probably 50, at least 50 to 75% of well, your contest. Well, wait, let's just jump to that game. Let's talk about the the, the, the big Titanic one is Arizona is going to Washington. So Arizona is a seven-point dog on the road at Washington, 38-point total. We mentioned again, pretty large spread for a low total game, and this is obviously the Josh Dobbs show, but we're talking about Sammy Howell. It's He did get a start last year at the end of the year, okay, but he's it's only really a second start. And, yeah, maybe they got some weapons, but McLaurin is, I don't think he's going to play in this game. He's got a toe issue. I mean, we do like Josh uh, Jahan Dotson there, but 
Washington's getting a lot of steam just saying, hey, this team's going to roll this Arizona team, but this is where everybody's putting their money, I think, in the survivor pool for, for Washington. And I I know it's when can I take Washington again, but I don't want to take Washington. I, I would definitely be a little afraid to take this team in survivor. Uh, I'm not saying that I would – I just would stay away from the picks. I think seven's too much, actually, to be honest with you. But – I don't think Arizona's very good, but they're not going to play terrible at the beginning of the season. They're going to play good at the beginning of the season and terrible late. So I'm not sure I would just lay that seven. You like you like Washington, huh? Well, at least at that number, yeah. I I, completely, I think Antonio Gibson is 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 the back to watch out for. I think they're I think they're going to protect Sam Howe a little bit. Okay. Uh, the biggest mis, uh, mismatch in this game is going to be uh, Arizona's offensive line against the Commanders. Line. Sure. So Josh Dobbs may not be the starting quarterback after this game. You know, I think Chase Young didn't get his option. I think he's going to have a lot to prove if he does play. That's still mm-hmm. kind of up in the air, obviously. Um, but even if he doesn't, they're still really deep on defense. Um, they've got a good secondary. Um, Arizona Hollywood Brown does not looks like a shell of himself if you watch him in practice and if you watch him in the preseason. Um, and outside of that, I mean Rondell Moore maybe. I mean that's the only other guy they really. So it's going to be the James Conner show and. Uh, yeah, I like the under here. Honestly, I think okay. it's, I think you're looking at like a maybe a 21 to seven game or 21 10 at the most. Hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty ugly. I think for Arizona, so they have a, a brand new coaching staff, head coach, offensive coordinator. Team, like they're all first year. So yeah, no, you said you mentioned that. And the enemy yeah. has a chance to you know prove himself as a Washington guy. I'm staying away from this game. I'm not picking it either way. <laughs> I, I mean, I just look the, Sam Howell. I mean. Earlier. Show me something. He might be great. He might be amazing. Everybody loves him. He's a late stealer in, in fantasy drafts, but we'll see. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to jump to – let's go to the uh, – Indianapolis is hosting Jacksonville, you know, my darling team now. Uh, they are – Jacksonville's a five-point favorite on the road and a 46-point total. Now, this number keeps moving, actually. It, it opened as two-and-a-half up to five, which seems a little bit, is that all for Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I, I can't imagine it's all for him. So I'm not sure when that number came out. Circa has it at four and a half. So they're anticipating some buyback on Indy. I know that uh, my buddy Action loves loves Indy. You know, he's also a Colts guy. But And five is a big number for a divisional game, no question. But I don't know if I can back Anthony Richardson in his first start. I, I just can't do it. Yeah, how do you feel about the element of surprise? The element of surprise. How do you feel about that? <gasps> Wait yeah, a second. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's kind of that. I mean, that's what it came down to. To me, is there's going to be. I mean, you talk about the loss of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's sure. a great running back. But I think from the perspective of personnel that this Colts team. I mean, Anthony Richardson was going to take yards and carries from uh, from Jonathan Taylor no anyway. So I think mm-hmm. him not being there almost makes it easier because you're going to have more of a pass catching running back, which I think is what they're going to do to protect him. Right. Um, but I, and also, the beginning of the season, mobile quarterbacks, I feel, have an advantage, whether it's due to conditioning and defenses not being up to shape or True. in condition enough. Um, but, yeah, I would I, I like Indy at five. Plus five, I would take Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, this game could go either way, though. I feel like this is either going to be a Jacksonville blowout or it's probably Jacksonville's going to squeak away by maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this does feel like a, a beginning of the season trap game just because everybody oh, yeah. and their brother is going to be taking Jacksonville. So It does. Prince, it, 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 it does, and it's a lot of value. I mean, I – Definitely had this. I think they had this as a like a two point. You know, two, I I try to do my own spreads and I had it as a two. So I can see the value, but you know, Anthony Richardson could be terrible. You know what I mean? So we'll see. You know, I'm I yeah. again, I'm I'm classic stay away guy. If I if I don't feel it right, I mean, it's a trap, as you say. You know, Admiral Akbar, thank you. But I am it's, I'm not really gonna back Jacksonville here. But I don't know if I can get on board with Indy here. I guess it's Indy or pass, and I'm definitely passing. Is what I'm saying. Let's go to uh, Pittsburgh, who's hoping, hosting San Francisco now. Uh, this is still in the early window. San Francisco came out early as a two and a half point favorite. Now it's down to two points. It's still two. It's two and a half in circa, by the way, still. So maybe there's some buyback. But um, obviously this is after the Bosa news, so I'm not sure what to make of that. That the number went down. I think Kittle is also possibly going to miss this game. The total is 41 and a half. I'm all over the Steelers here. I've been all over the Steelers since I saw this game for a variety of reasons. I know you love the Steelers to win the division, but I it's the Brock Purdy factor, and I just think the Steelers' defense is fully healthy. 
they're going to have something to, to prove. You know, TJ Watt's going to be like, you got the money. Let me show you how I earn the money now. Um, but it's a pretty close, I mean, two point spread is, is tight, but I would definitely get the value to the dog, the home dog. No, absolutely. And I, I've been all over this game too. I actually think I got Pittsburgh at, at three points on DraftKings when nice. it came out way back in like July. So, um, I, yeah, I've been on them for a minute. Uh, obviously Kenny Pickett was eight and from his touchdown interception ratio. Obviously mm-hmm. it's the preseason, but um, his arm looks better. He looks like he's throwing the ball a little bit harder, so that's always good to see, especially when it gets cold in Pittsburgh in December and January. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the San Francisco 49ers defense without D'Amico Ryans now that yep. he's in Houston. Um, obviously, they've always been kind of good defensively. They have great players, um, but it's just going to be interesting from a scheme standpoint. Does that make that big of a difference? Um, another another stat that I thought you might like that I was digging around for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so – West Coast teams going to East Coast Early on window. 1 o'clock kickoff time <laughs> since 2003. Um, they are straight up. They are 95 and 138, so they win uh, 40% of the time. Mm-hmm. Though, against the uh, against the number, they are just a tick over 50%. They're like 50.8. So right. if you're going to bet a money line dog at home on the East Coast, this is the this is the place to do it. It's Mike Tomlin. It's the Steelers. Uh, you know, it's this is going to be a defensive battle. I, w- I would feel pretty comfortable taking the, the under. I mean, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's coming off Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to watch this game. So last year, I'll tell you the story. Now, this was in division, but last year I was at Stadium Swim with my buddies watching the game when the Steelers played the Bengals. <laughs> and that was when the Bengals had the five turnover game and somehow lost that game in overtime. We were all on the money line there. So I will be on the Pittsburgh money line. I love them in week one. But I will say, and we haven't talked about these on this season yet, but this is a really good teaser leg. When we talk about teasers, that's you know you basically can put two teams together or two you know two outcomes together. One would be in this case Pittsburgh going up to eight plus eight, add six points to it, and then you find another leg. It could be the total going down or up, you know, under or over if you like it, um, or another game altogether, a side or total. But this would be a good teaser leg for me, getting up to eight, even though I do think they're going to win the game out right here too. So I like your money line call. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think this is the one that you can uh, you can feel comfy on for sure. Well, let's talk about your state. you got the battle for, for Ohio here. You've got Cincinnati's going to Cleveland. They're a two-point favorite in Cleveland, 47.5-point total right now. Uh, this number went ticked down too. It was two and a half just as as early as this morning, and it went down to two. It's two and a half in the circuit contest. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. My buddy loves Cleveland in this spot. I don't. Um, I'm not. I'm not a believer in Deshaun Watson yet. He's got to show me something. But I'm guessing you're probably on Cleveland in this spot, huh? How do you know? Well, it was down in your notes. I'm just. I'm just. You know, oh, reading man. your mind. Yeah. No, I love. It. <laughs> no, I was like, I hope we don't agree on everything. No, it's pretty funny. Oh yeah, no, I I think I think this is definitely Cleveland. Uh, Joe Burrow in his career is one and four against Cleveland. There you go. Uh, I think a big reason to do with that is Jim Schwartz, is the defensive coordinator for Cleveland. Okay. Uh, historically, he's always had good success against Burrow. Uh, whether it's his schematics or players, I I don't know. I'm not there, but I just know that what the numbers tell me. Um, we don't know if Denzel Ward's going to play or not. Obviously, he was uh, you know banged up in training camp. Um, but people aren't talking about Cleveland added Sidereus Smith, which I think is going to be a huge difference for Miles um, Garrett. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, because you can't, if you start double teaming just Garrett all the time, I think Sidereus Smith, he's a good player. He's, you know, he was really good in Green Bay. He was just as good in, in Minnesota. Sure. So, uh, you know, they had Clowney last year to help take the pressure off. That didn't mm-hmm. work, but I think Sidereus Smith is a much better uh, upgrade. And, of course, we're going to find out how good the Bengals' run defense is right away because they're going to get a nice big chub. So that's going to be just a heavy dose of him, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. This is my other teaser leg, by the way, if I'm going to go in a teaser. So I'll go Cleveland plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take the two plus twos to plus eight, uh, you know, in this, obviously, yeah. the North, AFC I think North. think it's a good but... idea, too. There's new tackles in Cincy I forgot to mention. Yeah, too. Orlando I Brown. Mean, uh, yeah, but I do like that for from a Joe Mixon standpoint. Sure. I think with with Orlando Brown, they might run the ball a little more. He definitely helps in that in that perspective. So we'll definitely see how much dividends he's going to pay right away. So do you, you're a DFS guy. What about Nick Chubb? I I would stay away from him at least early on. I think he's gonna. I I hate to say, it, but I almost lean on the, on the Cleveland running backs more when the weather gets crappy because you know yeah. the game. You know the. The game script is guaranteed to go his way at some point. 
Um, in rival game or in I guess in division games are always difficult. Uh, I don't think you can feel bad about playing him. Obviously, you drafted him in the second or third or maybe even the first round, so you're going to have to play him in fantasy football. But from a DFS standpoint, I think he might be he might be right at a good value, but it's it's going to be hard to see where you can get more value. Or I guess it's be easier to see where you get more value, such as like Raheem Mostert or yeah. some other places is where I'd rather go. I do like him, and I haven't seen the prop exactly, but I'm going to look at it. How many catches? I'm sure he's going to have maybe three and a half or something receptions. I, I think he's going to get a lot of check downs because, you know, you've got Kareem Hunt's gone. He's going to definitely get the ball. They're going to get pass rush. They're going to dump it off a few times. We know that Watson's going to run a lot or try to, but I think he's going to get rid of the ball a little bit more. So I'd like his, his not his rushing props, but his rece- receive like receptions props. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the wide receiver that I would take. He's, yeah. he's historically always had good success against the Bengals. He's had uh, two two touchdown games against the Bengals. So, you know, never a bad historical reference. So. All right, let's get into my team. Uh, the Bears are hosting Green Bay. You know, this happens you know, twice. Or they, they host once a year. They play them twice a year. They barely beat this team. But they are favored by one point right now. This has come down. I think they were favored by one and a half, two earlier. Uh, the total is 42. Man, it's tough. I really wanted this team to win. I see that in your picks as minus one. I can't go there, buddy. I, th- I think the value's on Green Bay. I, I don't love it. I think the the Bears' defense, as much as they've tried to work on it, is not going to be very good. Jordan Love, second start, whatever. We've talked about how that's tough, but I, I think that Green Bay is being a little hammered in the marketplace how bad they're going to be. So I think that this value is a little bit off. So I would do Green Bay or pass. I don't usually bet against my Bears you know, as a, as a matter of principle, but in this case I may have to because I know this is one of Action's picks for our, our top five. <laughs> No, and I, I felt really good about it until Tavon Jenkins was ruled out, mm-hmm. uh, and that's gonna, they're going to be a mess at guard for the for the Bears. But right. I, the biggest reason I like it is you don't know how healthy the two wide receivers are for the Green Bay Packers. They're both dealing right. with hamstring injuries, and those are always fun to deal with from a, a skill uh, skill position standpoint, just for you know cutting and agility and taking off and everything in between. So. Um, especially, I think if they're missing both wide receivers, I think it's really easy to talk yourself into your Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, even with both wide receivers, I still like Chicago just from a standpoint of, again, I think the mobile quarterback at the beginning of the season, I think, makes a much bigger difference. Um, just from a game plan standpoint, it's hard to you know figure out what their tendencies are, how much they've actually improved. Sure. Um, and again, just conditioning. Um, and also, the this could be, from a DFS standpoint, I think this could be an Aaron Jones game for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I've got the, him on uh, two of my teams, so yeah. Yeah, any kind of prop you want to take, any yardage, you know, whatever you can find, I would take him. Um, and because this Chicago last year was dead last in run defense. Yeah, so, I expect- to your point, they didn't really look like, you know, they didn't really go out and get any better. So we're going to find out how good their coaching really is and if they're going to just decide they can actually stop people if it's going to be a shootout game. So. Exactly. Uh, okay, so let's go to uh, Philly going to New England. Uh, Philly is a four-point favorite on the road, 45-point total. Um, you know, this is what – and actually the to- it went from three-and-a-half to four, so the opening was three-and-a-half, so it's gone towards Philly. Not surprising. Philly's a pretty good ball ball club. It's tough. I, You know, the Belichick factor in that defense has always been something in the back of my mind. We've definitely bet on – the Patriots many many times uh, in the you know in the podcast history. I just don't know if this is the end of the era. You know what I mean? Uh, Mac Jones, I'm not a big believer in. I do think the defense is pretty good, but Philly, you know, I don't expect him to come out and run rough shot over them. Four points isn't a great number to bat, so I'm going to stay away. Classic Jimmy Wegg stay away spot. But what do you think? This is actually one of my picks. I, I love New England mm-hmm. here at plus four. I think. Whenever Bill Belichick comes out and says this player is like the greatest player ever, and they recently <laughs> said that there's you know there's probably no no quarterback in the NFL better than Jalen Hurts, I think that just means that Bill has been talking to this team for <laughs> months on end about how great that person is and yeah. how you know little they are, or how good they're not. So I think they're going to be motivated to play. Uh, I think Mac Jones is better than what they give credit for. They can't be any worse on offense, you know, not having an offensive coordinator last year. So Bill O'Brien, I think, should add some stability. At least some common sense for the line, yeah. just for if anything. Um, and I, yeah, I just I think there's so much disrespect around New England. They may be, they may finish last in the AFC East, but if you put them in like the NFC South or 
basically any any division in the NFC, maybe outside of the East. No, like, I agree. They would probably, they'd probably contend for a division title. So, yeah, no, they're a solid, uh, solid football team, but just in the wrong division. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I love that spot at plus four. It's, yeah, it's give me good. the points, give me New England. I'll take the better coach. New offensive defensive coordinators for Philly, so we're going to find out real quick how much continuity there is. So Yeah, that's, we'll the, right, that's the right smart side there. I just, I'm still going to stay away, but yeah. Okay, here we go. This is probably well. I'm gonna skip this game. It's better. We'll leave it for the you know. We'll kind of go through the, what I'm gonna say of the crappier games. So uh, the Rams going to Seattle uh, in, in the NFC West divisional rivalry. You've got uh, Seahawks are five point favorites at home. Forty six point total. This actually came down, which is a little surprising. You know, with the you know Cooper Cup stuff, it was five and a half in the opener. I'm not really sure where that's coming from. I know Kenneth Walker's coming off his injury, so he may be a little slowed, but it's a divisional game, uh, but I don't know where the Rams are going to score. And you've talked about their defense, so I'd be on Seattle here. Five points is a lot for a divisional game. Divisional road dogs in, in, division, in matchups are usually the ones you want to back, but I can't back the Rams. I, they're going to be a bet against team all season. We don't have to pick them in the contest, but if I were to tell you to pick, pick a side, it would be Seattle. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I'd pick Seattle, but I stay away from the two. I don't like the five. I don't like yep. the number. Because you can still, Aaron Donald can still make a play, like mm-hmm. a strip sack, you know, and they can sure. turn into a defensive touchdown or some nonsense. Um, and then I'm just, I don't know how I feel about Geno Smith, too. I know he led the league in passer rating last year, and he had a, like a career resurrection. He but did. Can that happen again? I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, uh, excuse me, I'm interested to see Jackson Smith and Jigba because he has cleared the play and they anticipate him playing. So, I, I could see maybe one of the wide receivers. If anything, I think Tyler Lockett is the one you got to watch for in daily mm-hmm. or in fantasy in general. He'll be low owned, um, that's for sure. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah, I don't know how you could take anything other than the sea chickens here. I mean, yeah. they're in a hammer spot. The sea chickens. <laughs> Rid- you better not tell- say that to Ridgeway. You know, Ridgeway is a big listener, and and she does not. I'm sure she wouldn't take kindly to the sea chickens versus the Seahawks. So. Uh, <laughs> them spiting words. Okay, how yeah. about um, the Raiders going to Denver? Uh, the Denver's a three-point favorite, forty-four point total. This total, this this line went down too, from four and a half to three. Again, I don't really understand the move. I there's a lot of sharp people that are smarter than me are probably thinking about it. I make this a five-point advantage for Denver at home. I think the Raiders are going to be really bad this year. Now, maybe they're going to be like Arizona in week one. They're, I think they're going to play better than they should. But Jimmy Garoppolo out there, you know, McDaniels has jettisoned everybody from this damn team. Now, Sean Payton hasn't exactly been, you know, resounding in his support of Russell Wilson. In fact, I don't know if you heard what he said this week, that he needs to stop kissing babies and start focusing on football. And I think he's right because, I mean, we all know – Ciara is, is mentioned every podcast, so get used to it. I love Ciara. You know, someday I'd, I'd switch with him in a second. But the bottom line is I don't think this is a very good football team. So um, I don't know, man. I, I think the Denver minus three seems very enticing to me. The contest has it at three and a half. So if you can get it at three, I would, I would crush this. Yeah, I think three and a half. I think Vegas is actually a good bet there because I, I mean, they're gonna have Josh Jacobs. They get, mm-hmm. they can control the, the time of possession too. I mean, they have weapons. They, we're gonna find out how good Denver's pass rush is too right away because yep. last year they really struggled with that. Um, but I, I think Denver is gonna be a much better team than what, <laughs> than what uh, Jimbo Weggs over there is giving them credit for. Oh, I, um, I, I have him in the playoffs. I, wait, I think I'm in the playoffs this year. Don't get me wrong, I like Denver, but. The way maybe he's just doing it as a motivational tactic with Peyton because Peyton is just talking smack about his team right now, you know. Yeah, I think he's. Well, I think he's a little old school too. I think uh, I don't know. I think maybe just not keeping up with the individuality, or he's probably more of a like a, a team mentality versus that individual kind of you know, sure. composition of a team, maybe. Um, but I think you're right too from a motivation standpoint. But from a number standpoint, if you could get Denver at, at minus three, I would take them. But if you can get at Vegas at three and a half, at plus three and a half, or even four, I I, I would take Vegas all day long on that number. For I mean, sure. I see your I, like I the, see your pick them at Denver minus four right here. Is this miss? Is this, yeah. this mislabeled? It is. So, <laughs> but I like the number. But I at the end of the day, I do like Denver. I think there's a big coaching mismatch. Yeah. No and I think that at the end of the day is going to be and Chandler Jones. I don't know if you've seen this oh. this mockery. They've literally locked him out of the practice facility on social media. Uh, he's been posting on Instagram and talking about it. So it's uh, 
It's quite a saga. Didn't they have, so, like, some sort of, you know, some people go to his house or something or something crazy? Something that his life was in threat or something about his life yeah. being in danger. Yeah, I mean, like a, I don't like know. An APS. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to go on a whole mental health thing. We've seen this with Antonio Brown. People just go nuts sometimes. And Chandler Jones is one of those dudes. He, he's done it before. And super talented guy, you know, obviously related to the, you know, Bone Crusher Jones or whatever his name is, you know, whatever, from the UFC guy. But I think he's just too many hits, bro. I mean, I, I too many hits. And I feel bad for him because I think I'm sure he's a good human. But, yeah, that's not a good – losing him is not going to help the Raiders either. So I'm on, I'm on the Denver side. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, one more game before we get into what I think is the marquee one for the late window here. You've got uh, Tennessee, who's going to New Orleans. New Orleans is a three-point favorite at home. Total's pretty low, 41.5. Uh, let's see what it start opened at. This was about the same. Yeah, it's 3.5, so it's, it's, it's really about the same. It's dropped a little bit towards Tennessee. The total's actually ticked up. I'm not sure why. Um, I know you're a big New Orleans guy. This is my thing. To me, it's, it's Titans or pass, and I'll tell you why. It's Brable, dude. He's the greatest coach, man. He's a great coach. I know you've talked about Harbaugh on this this podcast already. I think Brable's the second best coach in the league. Um, I think he just has his guys motivated, and he doesn't have the horses like he used to, but they're going to be healthy at the game one. So three, of course, is more fair number. When is it three and a half? I was all over the Titans, but, um, you know, I know you feel about, about New Orleans, so go to, give me your New Orleans spin. Go ahead. Um. I hate this game, actually. I would stay away from it from a three standpoint. And the only yeah. reason why is because I could see Derrick Henry taking the game. I could see this being a Derrick Henry game. Yeah. You know, the Saints Healthy. rush defense the last two years has regressed. You know, they were top five in 2021. They were top 15 uh, in 2022. And then last year they were, like, right at, like, 16. So, like, right in the middle of the pack. They're not getting any younger on that side of the ball. Nope. Um, so I could I would definitely be afraid from that standpoint. But at the end of the day – I would take Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill. I think that Derek Carr, they've got a little more weapons. They got, they're at home again, you know, with one of the biggest home field advantages in football. Right. Um, there's been, you know, there hasn't been a lot of excitement around New Orleans football the last couple of years, and I think now they finally have a team that they can rally in and believe in. And um, I hate the number. I would stay away from it, but I think if anything, I would take, uh, I would actually take the over in this game. I know a lot of people have been hammering the under, but sure. um, I think this could definitely be an over number, a sneaky over number. It's been going up, so that's the right. You got to get it early because it's forty-one and a half, so get it before forty-two, the key yeah. number. So let's talk about the last game in the in the late window, and that's the Miami going to the Chargers. So the Finns, you know, Finns up. I had to save it for you. So the the yeah, there you go. So the Chargers are three-point favorites at home, fifteen and a half point total. Uh, let's see where this changed. This was at two and a half up to three. Fifteen and a half is a little bit down in the total, but it was right around fifty-one before. I like. Uh, you know, the value is on Miami, your your team. I hate to say it, but it, I want to make you feel better uh, because I think these teams are pretty even. They're, they're very even teams. Hard to say what's going to happen with you know guys being healthy and all that. I know Khalil Mack will actually be healthy in this game. Bosa will be healthy for the Chargers, but I do think the the attack for Miami will be you know exciting at best. They've had some running back injuries, but so I think given even teams, I'll definitely take the points. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting uh, to see how Brandon Staley plays defense against the Dolphins because last year they they played uh, man-to-man on the corners and then they just flooded the box. They flooded the middle of the field, which Miami's offensive scheme is they want to stretch you horizontally and then attack you vertically. So they kind of put that on, on its head last year, and it worked really well. It was a Sunday night football game, and that was Tua's worst game of the year by far. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely the values with Miami. I think the biggest thing here is going to be Vic Fangio. Um, you yes. know, historically, he's had a lot of success sure. um, at Denver when he was playing, you know, the, the Justin Herbert twice a year. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. Um, obviously, like you just said, you know, the Chargers defense is going to be a lot healthier um, going into this game. And the last thing I think I wrote down, this is a great uniform matchup. Oh, yeah. I think, if, yeah, this is great unis. I mean, both sides, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be candy-ass colors all over the place. Powder blue against the candy. Candy. What do you call it? Candy-ass blue. The candy-ass aqua. Yeah. Okay. I think that's yeah. a that's a crayon, right? That's that's in the Crayola box. <laughs> yeah, I'll just check the box over here. I've got one at sixty-four. But uh, also for a DFS, for uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, but I think Raheem Mostert is a good is a good play here. Mm-hmm. Um, even a value, even a touchdown score anytime. 
um, yards, whatever the case may be. Um, Arcaney, I think, is the backup for yep. – um, he was questionable going into most of the week. He's been cleared to play, um, and so has Ahmed. Um, but both of them have kind of banged up through camp, so it's going to be interesting. Well, um, the Chargers you know, were, were were terrible against the run last year, oh, so we'll see if they've improved. But you know, I mean, they have Derwin James. I'm assuming is as healthy for you know his first of four games that'll play this season. Look, great right. player, but he can never stay healthy. So yeah. we'll see. Let's jump into the primetime games as we kind of wrap up here. Uh, we've got. Uh, Dallas going to the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Dallas is a three and a half point favorite in this one, 45 and a half point total. Uh, again, this number has ballooned up. It was two and a half on the over, now to three and a half. Totals come down to 45 and a half. I'm not sure what news affected that, except that you know, in the end, I think Dallas is the better team. I just hate the hook. So normally speaking, I would I would lay the wood here against the Giants, but. And they beat them twice last year, and I believe they covered the number both times against the Giants, regardless of where they played. And even though the Giants had a historic, crazy comeback run, the three and a half divisional game—I don't like it. I, I just—it smells bad. I gotta stay away, buddy. Stay away. Oh, I love it. I'll take the Giants all day, every day, okay. twice on Sunday on that okay. number. Um, and the biggest reason—you got your Daniel Jones jersey on? Is that—is that under your I'll, under your I'll hoodie? I'll get one though. My okay. God, if, I might, I might, you know, mess around and put like maybe a future on the Giants to an NFC. We'll oh see. Jesus! If they do that, um, we'll I will see. buy you the jersey. I will buy you a frame. I'll get a signed jersey for you. I'm just, I'm just from, from a Dallas standpoint, I think they're really going to regress, and I think the biggest okay. reason why is Mike McCarthy is taking over play calling. Yeah. They, he, he, all he's talked about is preaching, running the ball. Mm-hmm. If you look at the times or the the spread between, uh, well, last year Dallas ran the ball at the fourth highest rate of any team in the league. Sure. Like only San Fran um, and Atlanta, and I'm forgetting the other one, were the only two you know teams that ran more. Um, out of all the teams that made the playoffs, mm-hmm. they were 15% lower on play design or play calling than mm-hmm. that one. So I think that's probably the be Bears. They, they never ran the ball. Or never passed. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, yeah, and he doesn't adjust. They don't. Yeah. They, they have the best – in his five, last five years in Green Bay, he had uh, the best first quarter differential at 79% of the time. They were at least tied or leading after the first quarter. And then from the second quarter on, their point differential was minus 76. Well, so, he, he's got a script. I mean, the script, he scripts <laughs> the whole game. So I just I, – and I – that and then the lack of depth on this team that if, God forbid, anybody gets hurt, like I feel like they're going to be – I just feel like the Cowboys are set to fail. I love the Giants in this situation. If Daniel mm-hmm. Jones takes any sort of step forward, uh, adding Hyatt and adding Waller, uh, their offensive line is not as bad as people give it credit for, and they already have Saquon. So uh, that defense is for real. We already know. I just, I don't know. Jesus, I, I you are a Giants guy. Go blue. Yeah, I really do. I like them. Okay. Like them a lot. Well, I'm staying away, but I'm, I'll quietly root for you uh, on that <laughs> game. So uh, last game is Monday Night Football. It's the you know the Jets against the Bills. You've got. Aaron Rodgers' first home game, you know, prime time. Of course, he's going to be in prime time all year long, so get get used to it. Uh, the Bills are two and a half point favorites on the road, though, forty five and a half point total. This open is three and a half. Now that might have been before before the Rodgers news. I'm not sure when that was posted, but this total has creeped down uh, from like forty six and a half down to forty five and a half now. So I'm all over the Jets here, dude. I, I I know that I've been watching Hard Knocks, so I'm getting a little bit clouded, but I think it's more simple, basic, you know, football. The Jets' defensive line is awesome. I think they're going to be able to put pressure on uh, Allen and really kind of slow down that attack that they have. And then offensively, I mean, Rodgers is decent. I mean, they had a terrible offense last year. They've got to get better with Rodgers, even though their line's pretty suspect. So the Bills don't have Von Miller. I know you talked about it. So uh, this is a money line pick for me. I, I think they're going to win the game outright here. No, I definitely agree with that too. The only thing, I, and to your point, I think the biggest skill gap between any position groups is going to be that defensive line of mm-hmm. the Jets versus the offensive line of the Bills. Without Von Miller, it's going to like we've talked about before. It's going to be a huge difference. Um, and I think, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and all them—they're motivated. They have something to prove, and they're going to have a good chance. But. I'm really interested to see the Bills in this game just because I think they're going to start running the ball more. They're going to see you're going to see a lot more 12 personnel out of this team. Yep. And they they were the lowest percentage of, of 12 personnel in the whole league by a large margin last year. So, uh Kincaid and Dalton Knox Kincaid. at the same time, I think is going to be a big difference. So, 
I, I could I mean I could see it going either way. I would stay away if I was gonna pick money line, I'd be with you, I'd be picking the Jets. But I wouldn't pick any of the numbers. I don't like it. Yeah. I would take the over though. I do like okay. that number. I think this is, I think you're gonna see a little bit more scoring in this game than you can anticipate normally. Sure. Okay, let's just review my top five this week. You got the Jets plus two and a half, Minnesota minus five and a half, Pittsburgh plus the two, Tennessee plus the three, and then Baltimore minus nine and a half. You wanna go over your you wanna tell us about Beaver Nation? It sounds a little suspect, yeah. by the way. So, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, so, uh, Beaver, Nation. Beaver Nation is down in West Virginia. I, uh, ironically, I spent a little bit of time there. I ran into uh, one of the uh, head football coaches of the uh, youth program down there, and they run a, a pick em every year to where uh, lines come out on Friday. You mm-hmm. pick the four games that you like, and at okay. the end of the year, whoever has the most total wins um, you know, is obviously the winner. So we're going straight against the number. Um, I have Denver at minus four. I have Cleveland at plus two and a half. I have Chicago at minus one. Uh, and then I have New England at plus four. So nice. uh, a little unorthodox. It's week one. So we're going to roll the dice. You know, if we're going to roll the dice any week, it's definitely going to be week one. So mm-hmm. to your point, it's really hard to pick games right now. It is. So. We'll make do. We'll make do. But, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about and we'll talk about on future podcasts, you can always bet in-game. You don't have to do pre-flop all the time. And, and do the teasers yeah. and do all this stuff. I mean, it's much easier when you get data in a, in a game and you might get surprisingly good lines. It usually costs a little bit more in the big, but it's usually worth it. And you can also sometimes double and triple up if it's going your way or, or not going your way. You can kind of buy back if, if you made a pre-flop bet and kind of hedge your hedge yourself there. So uh, it's definitely a great way to go. We'll talk about it more in future weeks. So uh, obviously I'm, I'm here uh, Mandalay Bay. I'm looking on the pool. I've got to show Dalton the pool in a minute. Uh, he's been dying to see this thing. There's there's also an adult pool. I have to mention this. An adult pool here called Moria or something like that. And it, this is the best thing. So my buddy, you know, you know, Primetime Murphy, uh, Art Murphy. He's oh, yeah. out here. He's going to come out tomorrow. He told me, oh well, the pool. It's an adult pool. It can be topless. I'm like, oh really? I mean, whatever. Who doesn't like topless? But when I went to the website to kind of research. It said a new a new phrase that I love. It's called Toptional. It's Toptional. So, so anyway, I will be topless at the pool tomorrow. Uh, actually, we're going on Saturday that to that pool, um, and then we'll be at Stadium Swim on Sunday to watch the opening game. So it's going to be a good time. Prime time rolls in tomorrow. We're gonna you know hit the Venetian and stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited. Tonight I'll just watch, put in some bets, watch the game, and and chill out. So yeah, try the crabs table for me. Play, oh. play craps in, in honor of me. That's yeah. right. You know I will. Play that inside line for That's sure. That's right. Oh, and I forgot to mention last night, I tell Art, I actually uh, I played golf league on Wednesday nights. And I finished okay. third last night. I shot 30, 36. Ooh, yeah, nice. I shot 36 and made a little money. So I will tell him that. I will tell him that. So yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure that out. What yeah, are you up to? Man. What are you up to this weekend? Uh, football. We're going to check out the red zone. We're going to see how okay. good YouTube TV is with their Sunday ticket. Yep. Or, uh, very interested to see how that goes, but definitely play golf probably Saturday afternoon. We'll probably meet up with Urso and do some do some uh, do some golf nice. and uh, enjoy the weekend. The weather's finally getting really nice in Chicago. We actually have fall again. So. Yeah, I heard really nice when being 68 degrees. So it is going to be 100 out here. So I'll get to adjust back. But uh, good for you. Well, well, hey, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wexbo on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can check me out, obviously, on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is at Dalton Cooper and Twitter, as always, at Mr. Grumpy Gills. As always. All right. Thanks, buddy. We will talk to you soon, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person next week. Yeah, good luck on Sunday. Let's make some money. All right, buddy. (laughs) That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. Side Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. 
Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made. As the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.